0: Welcome to Freelance with Freedom, I'm your host Harriet Hadfield and I'm so excited you're here. I help creative freelancers become fully booked and in demand in any market, on their terms and without burning out. I went from broke makeup artists living in a room I couldn't stand up in, living paycheck to paycheck, to working on the red carpets of LA as a celebrity makeup artist. I also created a six-figure business during a global pandemic in less than seven months. After working around the world and on set as a celebrity makeup artist 15 plus year, I was tired, tired of the hustle culture and an emphasis on being busy. I was tired of the starving artist mentality and buying into the narrative, there's only one way to be successful. So I decided to create my own version of success, to break the rules and rewrite my own. And I wanna show you how to do the same. If you're a freelance creative and you want to generate consistent income, work with your dream clients and step into the CEO role in your business, you're in the right place. There's room for you at this table. Today's episode is sponsored by my one-on-one coaching container. This is a private container over four months where I'll help you increase your client base, income and opportunities without burning out. I'll show you how to work less and earn more and step into the CEO role in your creative freelance business. I've helped my one-on-one clients create their highest cash months to date, launch their own programs, make over six figures and beyond, and create infinitely more freedom inside their business. So you can fill out an application to work with me one-on-one in the show notes, and I can't wait to support you. Welcome back everyone. Happy new year. I hope you've had a very happy holiday and feeling rested, excited to dig into 2023. So I want to start off by saying if any of this new year, new you talk makes you want to run for the hills, then this episode is especially for you. So I've struggled for years with the narrative that we are expected to magically become our best selves on the 1st of January every year. And I think this narrative can be really damaging. It's like, okay, where we are currently is a terrible place to be and needs fixing ASAP. And I really don't subscribe to that. That being said, I do believe in having goals and I want to show you my process for goal setting as a self-confessed procrastinator and perfectionist that doesn't involve hustle or shame. Let's start by unpacking why January is so problematic for many of us. First of all, the enormous amount of pressure we put on ourselves is perpetuated by a society that tells us we need fixing we need to do better and that we aren't lovable unless we are thinner, richer, more successful, more desirable, et cetera, et cetera. So it's no coincidence in January, we see all the kind of like weight loss adverts come out, all the how to get organized super quickly, like all the things that kind of propel us into feeling like we need to quickly change. And I think that's the big thing that the hustle really emphasizes, like do it quickly, fix it quickly. Like this is really a problem. I appreciate that this is old news, but it bears repeating. Until we understand that to change something or create something for any other reason than we want to, it will always be problematic. So let me explain. Your truest desires aren't actually what people have told you you should want. It has to be something you genuinely desire. So creating a goal from a belief you should want something will always feel like a struggle, and it's not going to be easy to maintain. So you can't should your way to a goal. And yes, I'm doing the air quotes with should. (laughs) And another way of saying this is you can't shame your way to a goal. So this looks like using self-hate and shit-talking yourself in an attempt to motivate you to achieve a goal. It's like being the drill sergeant, like, come on, you need to do this now, let's go. It's like that kind of energy. So for example, you saying like, come on, Harry, you have to make more money this year. or Everyone will think you're a failure or Harry, you should be showing up more on IG. Otherwise, you're going to fall behind. So there's some pressure behind it from the get go when it feels hustly. And I think one of the biggest parts of the puzzle to changing this is getting in touch with your why. And this is something I say to my clients a lot. So many people create goals because they believe they should create them and they believe achieving those goals will make them more lovable or likable. The reason you create a goal is far more important than the goal itself, yet so many people get hung up on the achieving part, so they're only willing to give themselves a gold star upon achieving said goal. And your goals are just a direction towards your why, and the process, the journey, is so much more important than the destination. The identity shifts happen while you are working towards your goals, not when the goal is achieved. So if you're not careful, the goalpost will always get wider when there is no time to reflect on how the goal was achieved, no presence in its creation, you merely move on to the next thing to give you a gold star, a rush of dopamine, and the validation you seek in achieving a goal. So don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being hungry, having passion and determination, but the biggest difference lies in what you make the goal mean about you and your worth. So your worth is not in the achievement of any goal and never will be, But it makes sense when we believe so deeply because society perpetuates that idea. We're consistently told we are only worthy if we're successful. So this in itself makes sense why so many people find failure intolerable and will do anything to avoid failure, even if it means avoiding succeeding. For a lot of people, the word goal can actually be quite triggering because they see it as something that you either succeed at or you fail at. And the thought of failing is just too unbearable. So I think a lot of people don't set goals for this very reason. The energy is, I'd rather not try because that feels safer. I can't fail if I don't try. And this makes a lot of sense when you equate the failure of achieving a goal with the belief that you are a failure. So you can fail at a lot of things a lot of times, and it does not mean that you are a failure. Failing at something is different from you being a failure. However, more times than not, and for a lot of creatives in particular, we struggle to separate the two. We become entrenched in the belief that if we fail at something, we are a failure. And with that comes the negative self-talk and self-loathing. A belief we are bad, wrong, unsuccessful, and ultimately unlovable. It's okay if you need to change the word goal to something else. This is something that I tell my clients to do a lot if it's really heavily triggering. And you can change it to something that feels less loaded for you. So for some of my clients, we don't use the word goal. We call it a direction. So you get to decide what works for you. And until you have the awareness of how traumatizing failure feels to your nervous system, you're going to continue to struggle separating failing at something from being a failure. So step one is noticing when you automatically marry the two together. So you have to first notice the narrative you have around failure and what you make it mean about you. So you have to identify every story your brain wants to offer up as proof, as a fact, when actually these are just thoughts, and thoughts are not facts. Our brain will try really hard to tell us that thoughts are indeed facts, yet when you understand that's not true, everything changes. So one of the things I help my clients with in the work I do is to familiarise failure so that their nervous system can process the beliefs that they have believed to be true, maybe for the majority of their life. And in order to relearn, there has to be a process of unlearning first. So to relearn, you have to unlearn. And familiarizing failure helps creators become much more neutral towards setting goals or doing things that previously they may have considered too much of a risk. And one of my core philosophies is taking no risk is a risk. So to be a creative entrepreneur, which is what I believe we all are deep down, you have to take risks, not just once, but again and again. And another way to say this is that the worst case scenario for most people is something not working out, or that they'll fail, when in actuality, the worst case scenario is not knowing what could have been. It's not knowing how truly fantastic something could be. And when failure isn't a problem, you're able to redirect, to pivot, to adjust, and ultimately, to problem solve your way to the things you want. So you make what you want inevitable, ultimately, when you believe failure isn't final. And failure doesn't have to mean the end. So let's talk about goals that are someone else's. Because another problem I see when it comes to setting a goal is making sure a goal is genuinely something you want versus something you think you should want, which we spoke about earlier. So for example, let's say you decide to run a 10k because one of your friends is, and you make that your goal too, but you start training and you realize, do you know what? I actually really don't like running. (laughs) You can either get mad about it and continue hustling towards a goal that maybe was never yours to begin with, hating the process, or you can decide that the training you did do helped you become more active. Maybe it helped you spend more time outdoors. Maybe it made you think about other activities you might love that aren't running. So nothing is lost. Nothing bad happened just because the direction changed. You stopped chasing after someone else's goal. So again, you might have found that you ended up loving tennis more and now you play tennis. So, it can help us get close to what we want when we stop making it mean that something bad happened when we change direction or pivot. And to be clear, it's okay to not love every part of the process, but there is a difference when you know your why and when the goal is truly yours and not someone else's. So, when your why is the most important part versus achieving the goal itself, you're not going to resent the hard parts as much. Sure. You might not love them, but you continue to embrace the challenge. You keep going because you know your why and it has value to you. The hard parts are what help shift your identity into a problem-solving CEO. For the longest time, I wanted to shoot for Vogue because my industry told me I was supposed to want that. I was made to believe that that was the pinnacle of success. And then upon achieving it, I felt so confused as to why it didn't magically solve all my problems or make me feel worthy. Shooting for Vogue did help me realise I love creating editorial makeup for beauty campaigns and celebrities. So nothing went wrong, nothing bad happened. I just made some tweaks to my goals and I changed direction, that's all. Again, it's okay if you do want to shoot for Vogue. I have lots of clients that do. But the point I'm making is that your goals have to be yours. They have to come from something you genuinely desire, even if it's different from what everyone else wants Or maybe it doesn't follow the same path as you were made to believe you had to follow. When people tell me something was a waste of their time, I always question that belief, especially when it comes to changing a goal or pivoting the direction as I like to think of it. I'll ask them, but how did this pivot help you? What has it taught you? How has it helped you identify something you now truly desire? So many people choose goals based on what other people think they should want, whether that's their parents, their partner, or the industry they work in. The only opinion that matters when it comes to choosing a goal is yours and yours alone. The hustle comes from chasing a goal that isn't yours and from thinking you are in a rush to prove something. So even a timeline is just another helpful tool so you can plan how you want to map out the journey for a goal. A timeline doesn't have to be set in stone. There's intention but doesn't have to be rigid. It doesn't have to be finite. So let's talk about how to set these hustle free goals. So let's get into the how, the logistics of the hustle-free goal setting. So one of the easiest ways to make a goal hustle-free is to let go of the idea you have to do it all in one go. So Rome wasn't built in a day, everyone. This is where under comes in handy too, a concept my coach, D.L. Sharon taught me. And we actually have a podcast all about this, so I'll link to that where she talks about this in detail. But when you remove the pressure by undergoaling, you create more energy, more brain space to work towards your goal without the pressure. And when I have a goal or direction I want to work towards, the very first thing I start with is making sure I know the goal is my genuine desire and not somebody else's. It's like a checklist. I make sure my why is visible to me either maybe in a voice memo on my phone or I might write it down somewhere in my journal so I can remind myself why this is important to me if and when things do feel challenging. I like to work in quarters, so I find roughly 90 days at a time is a nice amount of time for my brain to focus on versus a whole year or a five-year plan or anything like that. So I might loosely know the things I want to do throughout the year, but when it comes to my planning and executing towards a goal, I remind my brain we're just focusing on the next 90 days. My brain can handle 90 days. And I actually created a 90-day reflection, a 90-day workbook I use in my own business, which I give to all my clients so they have a step-by-step process to do this every 90 days, which is so helpful. And any goal or direction needs breaking down into bite-sized chunks of action, which may also include decision-making, ideation, and other actionable steps. So once I'm clear on my why, and I feel confident the desire for this goal is truly mine, I write down every single thing I can think of that will be needed to make it a reality. So I think of it like a big shopping list, (laughs) and I'm not too perfectionistic with it, I just jot down whatever I can think of. This looks like all the tasks, what will be needed, who I might need to talk to, what decisions or investments I may need to make, what ideas I'll need to solidify. It just starts with a huge brain dump. I leave nothing out and I just break down what I know to be true with the information I have available to me in relation to my understanding of the goal at that time. I like to import all this into a Google Doc, so I have something digital to work with so from here, I can start prioritizing the tasks and put them in a rough order. Again, rough order is key. We're not setting anything in stone. And I'll just copy and paste the tasks so I can see what my intentions in theory might be for each month or week. So for example, if there is a knowledge gap I need to learn, I might need to prioritize taking a course or hiring an expert to help me before I can complete the second step. I know that will be one of the things I have to do first before the other steps. And this is where I want to make it perfectly clear, a plan isn't set in stone, it's allowed to change. So the next step is allocating some time to each step. So many of us forget this part, which includes again, ideation, learning, decision making. And the timeline really is a self-care tool so that I don't fill up my calendar with only work tasks. I can genuinely see where there will be time to implement these tasks and action items needed to work towards this goal versus how many of us write down the longest to-do list ever and then wonder well where is this all gonna go in my calendar when is this actually gonna happen this gives your brain space to see it to see it mapped out and so many people aren't honest with themselves about the time they have they think they'll just magically fit it in but when you see it mapped out on your calendar your brain is like oh i see each task set aside so it's not having to try and figure out when the how will be executed. And again, the timeline is allowed to change, but give your brain something to work with. So vagueness is one of the biggest obstacles when it comes to achieving the goals that matter most to you. Vagueness will keep you in indecision and procrastination. You need clarity. So I mentioned decision making because a big part of goal setting and achieving your goals will involve making decisions. So you won't know all the decisions you have to make until you start working on your goals, but give yourself timelines as and when decisions come up for when you will make a decision by. So decision fatigue is real. And this is where a lot of people's kind of spin out comes from. It's like I'm just stuck making the same decision with no resolution. So when you have decision fatigue, very quickly, it will make your goals feel hustly. So you want to make sure there's a deadline to make decisions by so you can conserve your mental energy. So for me, I might say, okay, this decision I need to make, I will give myself to Friday to make it. So my brain's like, cool, we have a timeline when that decision will be made by. Again, I don't tell myself I have to make the right decision. I just decide I'll have my own back, whatever is the outcome with regards to that decision. So next, I want you to look at the tasks as a timeline in your calendar and ask yourself a really important question. This is key to not making it hustly. How does this feel? Like does this workload feel loving? Does it make you feel burnout out just looking at it? Are you adding things in that don't need doing either by you or at all? So again, if you have that habit of making a ridiculously long to-do list, hello, pass me, that's definitely me. Decide what you really need to prioritize. Delegate what you can and delete the rest. Identify the most important steps. So these are usually the ones that move the needle the most aka they have the biggest impact with relation to making your goal a reality. You might identify these as money generating activities if the goal is in relation to your business or a financial goal. So prioritize these and the needle movers before anything else. One of the main reasons I like to break a goal down is that it helps me see exactly where I am within the timeline as I work towards it and I can see if I need to make any tweaks to my plan as I go a big part of that is I can then celebrate every single step versus getting hung up on the completion. Celebrating every step is a huge component of being anti-hustle in your business and life goals in general. So when you genuinely celebrate each step, you can be in the miracle of what you're creating. As creators, we don't celebrate enough. Yes, I mean literally, but also emotionally, like tuning into and being present with the process It's an unknown experience if you've always been focused solely on the outcome or the final result. So don't wait until the end to celebrate. Normalize celebrating every step and that in itself will help shift the idea you have to hustle your way to your goals. Again, you can't hate your way to achieving a goal. You can't tough love yourself towards a goal. It's not necessary. Who you become as you work towards your goals is the magic most people miss. This is why I want you to take celebrating seriously. I mean it, like add time to your plan for the celebrations to celebrate the wins, big and small. Because too often we forget that there are no big wins without the small ones. It all adds up. And I wanna talk about being a beginner because another thing we have to contend with when we set goals is making peace with the fact we might have to be a beginner somewhere within that journey. Perfectionists hate being a beginner. And I say that because I'm a recovering perfectionist and I know that making peace with being a beginner was the key to achieving my goals. If you have a goal of posting on social media, but the thought of Instagram terrifies you because you currently don't know how to navigate the app or how to use it to market yourself effectively, you will have to give yourself permission to learn to be a beginner. The resistance you have to being a beginner, whether that's at social media, selling mentorship, being a creative CEO, or anything else for that matter, is the reason why you won't start. It's another reason people procrastinate on their goals. So being a beginner will trigger a lot of discomfort when you struggle with perfectionism because your brain will tell you, you should be able to do this, or this is so easy. Why are you so bad at this? Why can't you do this? So your thoughts will revolve mostly around shaming yourself for being a beginner because your belief is that being a beginner is bad or seen as a negative. And the truth is, you've been a beginner before. You've already done it. And when you lean into doing it again versus resisting it, the things you want get closer. They become within reach. And I think this resistance to being a beginner is magnified the more successful we become, as if we are somehow supposed to outgrow ever needing to be a beginner again. And anytime I learn a new skill, whether that's in business or let's say a floristry class, I am reminded it's okay to be humbled, it's okay to be new at something, it's safe, it's okay for it to not make sense straight away and most importantly just because I might suck on the first try and maybe several tries after that to follow, I don't have to give up, I don't have to be mad at myself just because I'm a beginner and this way of thinking is the reset required for consistent progress no matter how small again, those small wins add up to big wins and it all counts. So every time you're ready to throw in the towel, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Do I still want this? Is this my goal or am I doing it for somebody else? Why is this important to me again? What is the impact of me continuing towards this goal? What if I just need to accept I'm a beginner right now? What was my original plan and do I need to make any tweaks or adjustments? Have I been celebrating the process? So, these questions really help me when it comes to working on the goals I set for myself. And I really believe in reflection. Reflection is key if you want to edit the plan. It creates intentionality in your goals versus changing course or making tweaks to avoid doing something you might be avoiding because it feels uncomfortable. And the biggest takeaway I want you to leave here with today is that a goal is just a direction, not a destination and your worth isn't in achieving the goal, you are already worthy right now. Thank you so much for listening to Freelance with Freedom. I'd love to continue this conversation over on Instagram. So come hang out with me at Freelance with Freedom. You can follow me there for mini trainings that include mindset and strategy to help you step into the CEO role in your business. And if you're interested in taking this work further, head to www.harriethadfield.com to find out more about working together. I'm wishing you an incredible week and I can't wait to see you in the next one.